J.T. Crowley is Talking Books. On this show, you'll hear from emerging talent and seasoned veterans from around the world. They'll give you their take on the writing process and how to create the secret sauce of page-turning deliciousness. Let's get into that magical mixture of the art and science of creativity. Here's J.T. Crowley, author of The Smart Kids and your podcast host. Hello, I'm J.T. Crowley, and I have to say I'm very excited about the prospects of interviewing Denise Backroad about herself and her book, Love Conquers All, subtitled Spiritual Messages of Hope for a Despairing World. Denise is from Aspen in Colorado in the United States of America, and of course, this small town nestled in the Rocky Mountains is synonymous with skiing and outdoor pursuits. More the winter skiing, because um, that's when more famous for. And of course, it's the rich and the famous who have patronized that area that really brings Aspen to the world's attention. But as I said in my written introduction, for Denise, it's simply home. Denise has worked in the corporate world, in particular for IBM, a job she loved. Uh, like most of us, life for Denise has seen its fair share of ups and downs. And the book Love Conquers All was written when she was going through a traumatic and challenging time. And divorce is never easy for any of us. But for me, I worked out that her faith and especially meditation is at the heart and soul of Denise's life today. Something that was probably spawned from her Polish roots. For as we know, Polish society is steeped in Christianity. So let's get on with the show and for me to stop waffling any further. And let's go and invite Denise to come on the show and talk to us all about herself and her wonderful book, Love Conquers All. Denise, come and join me. Thank you, John. It's good to be here today. I understand it's the height of tourist season in the UK and it's the same here in Aspen. It used to be the best-kept secret, summer in the Rockies, but now everyone's discovered it. And our summer business outdoes our winter skiing business. So it's really a beautiful time of year to be here. Oh, it's great. And you look fabulous, and that wonderful fireplace behind you is oh, amazing. You. I bet that's a warm place in, a, you know, in oh, the wintertime when it's really in the cold winter there. Time, you're right, John. It, it, it's... Um, it, it's in the center of four rooms, my living room, dining room, kitchen, foyer, and it just warms everything up. It's, when you come to my home, you want to kick off your shoes and just sit down in front of the fireplace and relax. <laughs> now, that sounds my kind of place. Yes. And when I'm next in America, I, you're on my list. Please come visit, yes. <laughs> stay there, and along with a few other authors who are already booking me in to stay in their places as well. That's right. Absolutely. So, Denise, um, my understanding is that you wrote this book during a difficult time in your life. Did you feel compelled to write this book? Was it a labor of love? And while you were writing it, did you get any comfort from the spiritual messages yourself? For well, this is a book of spiritual messages, isn't it? John, those are some good questions. Um, I never thought I'd write a book in my lifetime. 
I had been writing these spiritual messages, I'd say 15 years before I decided to publish the book. And what helped me, the incentive was COVID lockdowns. (laughs) I had four or five hours a day to be on the computer to go through all of these messages. I had 14 spiral notebooks full of messages and to categorize them and to share them with the world. It's just my belief that this reset needed to happen to all of us. If people are somewhat like me, you get caught up in the rat race and you're just running from one to do task to the next. And our lockdown, were, or our lockdowns were definitely a timeout, a chance to reflect and see what values and priorities were important to us and which ones weren't. And um, I definitely had a chance to reflect. And that was the impetus to get the book and get it published, get it out there. And I certainly had the time for it. So while some people could have been bored, I was busy <laughs> through the entire lockdown. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Now the book, Denise, has, um, it's got six chapters in it. And yes. within those chapters are a collection of spiritual messages. Some chapters are longer than others. And for me, the messages are loosely themed around the title of that chapter. How did you group these messages into the six strong chapters? Good question, John. When I first decided to write the book, I just thought, no problem. I'll start with 2003 when I was receiving the messages, and I'll end it with 2018. Well, I happened to take an online course um, on writing a book through Hay House Publishing, and they said, no, you never do that. You have to break it up into themes for each chapter. So then I thought, oh, goodness, this is going to take longer (laughs) than I imagined. So I went through all of my spiral notebooks, and each chapter will have a message that matches that theme from 2003 to 2018. But I'm still, thank God, receiving these messages. And so I have updated messages on my daily podcast which are only two minutes. It works out fine. So I mean, when we look at the chapters, you know, you've got your first chapter is hope for a despairing world. Your mm-hmm. second chapter is love of all mankind. The third is our future. The fourth mm-hmm. is remaining in the present moment. And the fifth is how God speaks to us. Do not worry or fret. And the sixth is God speaks to us always and in all ways. So they're quite interesting uh, themes. Um, what, but what I want to know, Denise, is where do these messages come from? Are they messages uh, formulated in your own mind from what you've seen, experienced in life? Or are these messages that you consider to have been sent, given to you through divine ways? Meditation, prayer, for example. And do you, as an individual person, strongly believe that getting God's message out is important? So important, you wrote the book. 
Thank you, John. These messages are definitely divinely inspired. I do not think in these realms. I do pray. I do meditate. I practice centering prayer, which is a form of meditation that Father Thomas Keating brought back to us. He's a, he was a Cistercian monk. He passed away about three years ago. But he and Father William Menninger, who just passed away, and Father Basil Pennington, who also passed away, got together and said, you know, a lot of these young people are traveling to India to practice that form of meditation. But deep in our Christian religion, we have meditation. It was removed from the lay people during this, the big inquisition, 11th, 12th century. And at that point, the church leader said, the only people that can practice the so-called mind prayer, contemplative prayer, were the monks and nuns. And the lay people just had to look at the beautiful pictures painted in the churches and listen to the priest or pastor or whatever. Um, so in the 60s, the young people decided they wanted to come to our St. Benedict's Monastery in Snowmass, Colorado, and say, why don't you teach us how you meditate? It's part of our Christian religion. And these monks got together and brought centering prayer to us. So people are practicing the centering prayer meditation around the world. And instead of an um or a breath or a sound or a visual, it's a sacred word. One syllable, mine happens to be God. You just close your eyes, set your timer for 20 minutes, and you're just present to God, allowing him to speak to you. If you should do what I do at times and think of my to-do list, ever so gently in your mind, return to your sacred word, which is mine, God, and it brings you right back into that focus. So I've been practicing that type of meditation for about 30 years. And before I write any message today or do any podcast, I'll do my meditation first, which just silences me. And then I'm open to hear whatever Mary, Jesus's mother, is telling me or Jesus. And Thomas Keating said that's one of the fruits of of the spirit when you do meditate or when you pray like that you can hear god's voice so that's how it got started yes mm -hmm. in fact i think i shared a story with you john Please one do. day i had a really difficult day at ibm and i was driving home to boulder and i decided to stop by this little chapel and I went inside, walked all the way to the front. No one was in church. And I saw this beautiful statue of the Blessed Mother. So I sat there in my self-pity pattern and said, oh, you are so lucky. You never had to sell computers. You don't know how <laughs> difficult that is. And all of a sudden, I heard her voice. And she was definitely a Jewish mother. And she said, you think I had it easy? And I was shocked to hear her voice. And she said, I was pregnant before I was married. Um, and then I had to watch them kill my son on the cross. And then I felt so guilty and so humbled. And I said, I'm so sorry. And I listened more to what she had to tell me. And then as I walked out of that little chapel, 
I thought, what just happened to me? Was that real? And when I opened my car door to get into my car to drive home, it was filled with the scent of roses. And then I knew definitely that was our, our lady speaking to me. And I was honored. So I just would go there and listen to her messages from time to time. And then after that, it was a few years later, I decided to write them down when I was on retreat. So I think the way our world is today, John, we need to hear the good part. We need to hear the good side of what God has planned for our world, our planet, for all of us. And it's definitely good conquering evil right now. We're in the middle of a spiritual war, but good will conquer evil and much better days are coming. I'm going to come to that in your book here. Okay. So let's, Denise, let's get to the hub of this book, but I want to start with the preface because I thought, wow, this is a powerful opening. So the preface, your opening gamut. This book was meant to give hope to a world of despairing people due to government corruption, sexual abuse, human trafficking. I asked God, what do you make of all this? He told me it all needed to rise to the surface so that we would welcome, we could become aware of what is actually happening in our world today that he would no longer tolerate such behavior. And it is paving the way for peace on earth. This is a very strong preface. Why did you put it in? That's the essence of the book, John. I was on a retreat at the Snowmass Monastery in December of 2017. We didn't have much snow then. I was walking along a dirt road And I just opened up to God and said, okay, what's going on, God? With government corruption, sexual abuse, human trafficking, people are despairing. What should we make of this? And that's when I heard him say, Denise, all of this needed to rise to the surface so that we could become aware of what's actually happening in the world. I had no idea how corrupt and evil our world was. He said, and once you realize that, you will no longer tolerate this behavior and it will pave the way for peace on earth. So I had to bring that out. I had to let people know there's hope. So now when I turn on the news and I try not to be inundated by it, I watch a little bit to be informed. um, I just quickly in my mind jump to, okay, it's getting it out, but it's paving the way for peace on earth because people aren't going to tolerate this behavior much longer. Interesting views. Um, And the idea, Denise, of this interview is not to give the book away. But what I say to a lot of my authors who I've recently interviewed is that the aim is to give people a tantalizing flavor of what you and your book is about. Mm So, yes, you've got six chapters Now, it'll take us an awful long time to go through the six chapters, so I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do is that I just want to focus on three chapters, which I thought were very poignant and significant to me. Okay. So I'm going to go to chapter one. Mm -hmm. And here you have 35 messages around the title, Hope for a Despairing World. Mm -hmm. Your first message, that's the one I want to go to, because I thought, oh, wow, this is good. 
You talk about um, the world is in a grave place. Um, your president would like to proceed with the war on terrorism without the Security Council's approval. This is not good for you, needs the world support for peace. God hears all prayers and answers them. Miracles do happen. Stay close to God, the Garden of Eden. Pray for peace. Do not give up. Miracles happen. Ask and you shall receive. This is a significant opening message right at the beginning of your book. Why did this message, why did you use this message to keep the whole thing off? And the other messages in that chapter are in a similar vein. This is very powerful and poignant stuff, isn't it? It is, John. And the reason why I put it out there is to let people know they play a part. Every one of us plays a part in what's actually happening in our world today, in our planet. But the person that's helping us get to what we want to answer our prayers is God. So the bottom line is we all have to turn to God. Like the sentence in the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. We need to remember to ask and then God will answer us and give us what we need. So we can turn the tides of the way the world is today if we just turn to God and ask him. It sounds very simple, but that's what it is. What would you say to um, somebody who might take a more critical view here um, and okay. say, yes, oh, we ask God, but we don't necessarily get the answer that we want? That's a good point, John. That's true. And sometimes that doesn't give it to us at exactly that minute, you know. Um, and the reason what I tell them is God sees the big picture and we do not. He knows what's best for us. We just have to know, have our faith, hope, and trust in him and know that he's looking out for us and that the best is yet to come. If it's not now, he has something better in mind for you. But just keep trusting him and keep asking him every step of the way. I mean, when I was going through my contentious divorce, I remember asking God, when is this going to be over? What do I do next? How do I do it? And I was told, just follow God every step of the way. We will guide you every, every step of the way. They didn't tell me there were 358 steps in this process, you know, but I just followed them day after day and eventually it worked out. So we just have to keep our hope and faith and trust. I just wondered what your answer to my question there would be when, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes you know, we ask God for a particular thing and mm -hmm. we don't necessarily get the answer that we want to hear. I just thought what your point of view would be interesting. Mm -hmm. I want to go to chapter three now, please, Denise. Okay. And, and here you give us 45 messages. So this is a real chunk of the book, everybody. This is a big part of the book. Okay. And they're all loosely, the messages are all spiritual messages and they're all loosely based around the general theme of our future. Mm -hmm. um, I want to go in particular, Denise, to the 42nd message. It sounds like a bit like the 42nd president of the US, which I believe was Barack Obama. So but the 42nd mm -hmm. message in this chapter 
like most chapters, you start off with dear child. And I understand why you do that. It's because as you rightly point out, we are all children of God. So you start out dear child. I get that. Mm-hmm. But you talk about a retreat and you've already mentioned that you've been on some retreats here. And I'm thinking, okay, I've been on retreats. So you talk about, again, peace on earth, about the conversion of the evil ones and for God's intercession with our world leaders. It is vital and important that we do this every day. And you've already said that you pray and meditate mm-hmm. every day and to encourage others. That's also important. And I think you're doing this through your book. Mm-hmm. Do you strongly believe in the message that you are conveying here? Divine um, intervention um, is, is, is possible for everybody. So your messages, your spiritual messages in this book, and particularly this chapter, Our Future. I do believe, John, that the divine intervention is possible for everyone. I think of all of us had challenges in our lives. And sometimes our egos and trying to get through it on our own, practicing everything we know does not work. So then finally we give up and go, okay, God, what do you think? Finally, and he's there waiting for us. But we have to do everything we think is possible first, speaking for myself, And when you turn it over to God, oh my gosh, you truly can watch the miracles happen. And you think, why didn't I do this sooner? Look at what, look at how God handled this. And I still do that, John, when I say my prayers at night, there might be a problem or two coming up and I'll say, okay, God, it's in your hands. I'm not going to take it back and worry about it. I'm just going to give it to you and See, and then within the next day or two, boom, I even forgot that was a problem because it worked. It just smoothed right out. So you can start with little things asking God for and then the major things. But he's there to definitely help us. You could see him in nature. I mean, yes, I do live in a beautiful part of the world and I see him in the sunrise, sunsets, flowers, wildlife, nature. It's all we have to do is open our eyes. It's, it's real. We do live in such a beautiful place. Our planet is beautiful. And so God you, you get a lot out of uh, when you go on your retreats. Do you receive uh-huh. an awful lot of your spiritual messages there? And I'll, is that where some of those messages that you've got, you've put in the book, particularly in this chapter, Our Future? Yes, you're right, John. As I said before, I'm used to being in the rat race. (laughs) And when I'm busy like that, I don't have time to stop and think. And hopefully my behavior is changing a little bit after COVID and I had a chance to reevaluate the busyness. But when I'm on retreat, it's typically a 10-day retreat. It's a post-intensive retreat. So we're in silence 95% of the time. So our nervous system gets a chance to really calm down. We meditate up to three and a half hours a day around vegetarian diets. So then we're like pure instruments to receive. We're finally there for God and say, okay, here I am. What, what do you want to tell me? Wow. Yes. Let's go to chapter six, Denise. 
Okay. Uh, yes, I am skipping along here because, as I said, this is a flavor, everybody. I'm not giving the book away. If you want to know what the book's about, go and buy it. <laughs> Can't be more blunter than that, can I? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Let's go to chapter six here. You have uh, 15 messages. So this is the smallest of the chapters, everybody. And under the guise, God speaks to us always and in all ways, you know. Mm -hmm. So the sixth uh, message I thought was an interesting one. You start off, yes, you're experiencing another chilly day in Colorado, minus 22 degrees Fahrenheit. And for those of us in the United Kingdom and elsewhere, they use Celsius. It's probably about two or three degrees Celsius, but it's still a little bit nippy. Mm -hmm. um, but you say it's good to talk with you again in the retreat, the center hallway. At least here you shall be nice and warm. You talk about God's divine plan and better days ahead. And here you are again talking about the future, better days ahead. You're talking about medication, not medication. I do apologize. Meditation. Yes. And prayer. And that you, you know, God will eventually answer your questions and I think you've done this beautifully in chapter six you know again you're coming back to trust you're coming back to peace on earth you're coming back to the messages you're coming back to divine inspiration mm -hmm. this is you in these 15 messages summarizing what you as a person stand for isn't it yes that's true John it is because I truly believe what I hear from Jesus, the Blessed Mother, God, when I'm walking down the road in silence, they're telling the entire human race to have hope. And I do believe better days are coming. I do believe our entire planet is being elevated to a new spiritual level. And that was God's plan for us since the beginning of time, he even tells me that we will return to our original Garden of Eden, which is fascinating, and tells me that it will be as if heaven descended upon earth. And I do believe there's a shift now. I believe there's a um, growth out there in spirituality, not particular organized religions, but people are just improving their relationship one-on-one -on -one with God, a higher power, the source, because they know that's what really counts and that's what's real. And yeah, I really do believe we're in for much better days and I'm excited about it. Oh, let's hope so. Mm -hmm. Please, you know, I say to a lot of my authors, who do you see as your market for this book? And furthermore, who would you like to see reading this book of yours, Love Conquers All? And do you think Love Conquers All? I know Love Conquers All. That is the one emotion that transcends space and time. It truly is when our loved ones pass away, we know until we see them again. But that love is strong and we will see them again in another time, another form. Um, the audience, John, is for everyone. I mean, they tell me, well, how should we divide it up? Just in spiritual level, Christian. Actually, it's for everyone. I wish our politicians would read it, seriously, <laughs> because they need to step back and say, wait a minute. We're dealing with the entire human race, 
majority of the people out there do not want war. They want peace. They want, they want to have a good life. They enjoy their friends and family. They're not asking for the moon and stars. Let's, let's get back to basics. Wow. And love is a strong emotion that brings us all together. Great. What's next for Denise uh, Batrose? You know, in life, um, are you going to write more books? If so, are they going to be spiritually based or are you going to jump ship and write on another genre? <laughs> What's next for you? Thank you. Well, I, I did sign a non-disclosure agreement with my divorce, so I can't write a scandalous bestseller. <laughs> That's out of it. So I'll probably, I'll probably write... Um, when I do will be another spiritual book. But what I'm doing in the meantime, John, is my daily podcast, just two minutes every day for people to tune in and keep the faith going and the hope that better days are coming. Where can people get your book, Denise? They can get my book on uh, Balboa, B-A-L-B-O-A, press.com, amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com. And if you happen to be in Colorado, St. Benedict's Monastery Bookstore and Snowmass has it as well. And, of course, your own website. Yes, that's true. You can get it from my website. Thank from you. your website. <laughs> Thanks, John. Denise Batrod, thank you for coming on my show and, and for giving me the great opportunity to chat to you about yourself and your book. Denise Batrod, everybody. I'm JT Crowley. Thanks for listening, watching wherever you are in the world. So until next time, stay safe.